Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's my take, is this team just doesn't have an identity. They don't, they don't know who they are right now, and they got to figure out who they are. Um, you know, Josh Allen says he's trying to calm down with the ball, and, you know, he needs to not play hero ball, but, you know, what, what ball is he playing? He's not playing Josh Allen ball that I'm used to. He's not – I don't know if it's teams aren't, you know, sure, he doesn't want to always have to rely on running. He made kind of a comment on that today, but, I mean, he hasn't been running at all this season, it seems, and just – the the bills are not the bills that we've we've seen uh, very often, um, especially over the past month. Uh, no identity over the past month. Hey there, everyone. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by my good friend Nick Wotton. This is the Bills Wire podcast. We're powered by the USA Today Network, and we're here weekly and available wherever you get your podcasts. So hit subscribe. Give us a review, tell a friend, spread the word. That's how you can support us. We appreciate you for being here with us. Uh, Nick, how the hell are you? Coming off a, a rough Bills loss to the Patriots. Uh, I'm sure you're really looking forward to this conversation with me, who I'm, you know, obviously I'm a Patriots fan. So you're, you've got to be excited <laughs> about this one. Yeah, I, um, you know, um, I'm doing better than the Bills to answer the initial question because they're not doing very well. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's quite the quite the day in uh, or quite the days, I should say, in uh, Orchard Park lately. Um, a lot of questions been thrown around and kind of, um, you know, days we haven't seen um, in under this era of Bills football in terms of people questioning. Should this be happening? Should that be happening? Is this wrong? Is that wrong? You know, um, a, a lot of things that uh, that are being questioned. And really, the number one thing I think being questioned is people wondering what the hell is my problem uh, with Nick not picking the Patriots for once. And it was the first time that the Bills have maybe lost to the Patriots in a hundred years. It feels when Nick doesn't pick the Patriots, and they finally do lose to the Patriots when I pick the Bills. So really. It's my fault, everyone. Uh, actually, I, I blame me. I think I've been wrong on the bills and our picks part of the program every week, Nick. I cannot get a read on this team. I can't get a read <laughs> on this team. I picked the bills to, to blast the Patriots like they always do, and of course they lose. I picked them to, uh, you know, bills by a billion against the Giants. That didn't work out either. So um, I, think, I think I might have taken the Dolphins to cover in the Dolphins game. I, I've literally gotten, gotten every bills pick wrong, Nick. I cannot get a read on this team. But I mean... The Patriots were just bottom of the barrel, bottom of the barrel. This team was just completely could not get out of its own well way. I mean, one in five record. They were averaging 12 points a game coming in so bad. They just lost to the Raiders, Josh McDaniel and freaking Brian Hoyer the week before the Bills. I mean, this team is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think after the Giants game, Nick, you can kind of say, all right, Something went on with the Bills. They traveled home from London, whatever, you know, jet lag. I, you could, every team has a bad game. But as you wrote on Bills Wire, one becomes, when one becomes two, becomes three. Now it's Jags, Giants, and Patriots. Now we have a pattern. The Bills are starting slow. They're not playing football like we expect them to, right? Or like they were even mm-hmm. in the, earlier in the year when they were blowing teams out, Miami and Washington. So like now it's become a pattern. They almost blew that game against the Giants. They held on for dear life. Now they lose to a really bad Patriots team. So, like, what's your kind of your leadoff 
take on like where they're at right now. I mean, this is obviously there's problems in Buffalo, right? It's not just something you can write off and say, oh, you know, it was a, they just traveled home from London guys, you know, or, you know, they were tired or they've had a couple injuries. Like it's something bigger than that. What's kind of your take lead off thought on that, Nick? Yeah, I think they're just a team, Ryan, that is is just doesn't have an identity. Uh, that's kind of just how they feel right now, right? It, it, for me, it's just they are a team in search of an identity that they do not have, and um, yeah, it's just uh, just just nothing looks confident that when they're coming up, and it almost looked for a second like, okay, maybe here it is, maybe here it is. Jordan Poyer knocks out this incredible pass or. Incredible uh, fumble. Um, here are the Bills somehow. And I even kind of groaned. I was like, oh, they're going to win this game. And they did not deserve to win this game. But they still found a way to lose, lose it. Lost it. Lose it. Um, and that was pretty, um, yeah, just just losing their identity is really the thing for for this team right now. It's it's just yuck. It's, 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 it's brutal. I, I, it's just, this team is, that's my, that's my take is this team just doesn't have an identity. They don't, they don't know who they are right now and they got to figure out who they are. Um, you know, Josh Allen says he's trying to calm down with the ball and, you know, he needs to not play hero ball, but you know, what, what ball is he playing? He's not playing Josh Allen ball that I'm used to. He's not, I don't know if it's teams aren't, you know, sure. He doesn't want to always have to rely on running. He made kind of a comment on that today, but I mean, he hasn't been running at all this season, it seems. And just the, the Bills are not the Bills that we've we've seen uh, very often, um, especially over the past month. Uh, no identity over the past month. Yeah, I think that's fair commentary. Uh, the stuff with Josh Allen is is an interesting topic. Like, he isn't running as much. Is it, is it the shoulder? Um, we know the shoulder got banged up there a couple weeks ago. Maybe he's trying to protect his shoulder. Maybe he's trying to protect himself. Maybe this is a point of emphasis, but you're right. The Bills are losing a dimension of their offense when Josh Allen doesn't run. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Uh, I don't think any of us, I think all of us were yeah. hoping the Bills could actually run the football with running backs and take a little bit off of Josh's plate. I don't think any of us wanted Josh Allen to stop running, right? That, that was never in our play. Like that's a dement. That's a, that's a game that only Josh Allen has. He, the way he runs the football with power and stuff like I don't know. That's a he's a different animal, man. When he's in the field with the ball, and you're right, he is doing it less. Um, so is it the shoulder? What is it? I think you know. There's it's all three phases, Nick. Right? I, I think when you could you could take that commentary you just said about the identity of the team, you could spread it out over all three phases, starting with the offense. Like there's just nothing outside of Stephon Diggs. And I guess coming into the game, when I was giving the Patriots no credit, and I was giving Belichick no credit, and saying that McDermott and, and Allen now own the Patriots, and Belichick lost his two best players on defense. Anyway, Christian Gonzalez, the corner, Matt Jude on the edge rusher. Like he's without his two best guys on defense. How is he going to compete with the bills who have his number? Like it's not going to happen. But then when I kind of was into the game and I'm like, my gosh, you take away Stefan Diggs, where do the bills go? And they were trying to yeah. figure it out. Dalton Kincaid had a good game, but like Gabe Davis, where was he? Like did Gabe Davis play Dawson Knox had a rough game with drops and really didn't contribute. I mean, he caught a two-point conversion at the time. It was a nice play, but Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, disappointing, right? I, I think there's nothing outside of Steph Diggs, right? And I guess going up against a Bill Belichick yeah. team, when he could take away Stephon Diggs and focus on that, you should give him a little bit more credit. So I think that was on my fault when I my part last week when I was giving the Patriots no shot against the Bills. Maybe I should have thought about it further. It's That's part of the issue here. That where do they go when Steph Diggs is getting covered, right? And then I don't. To your point, I don't think the Bills know right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not Gabe Davis. I don't know what he's doing. Um, one catch for six yards is just that is not gonna. That's not gonna be the the way we're gonna do that. Uh, that was bad. That was very bad. That's did not they, the way the Bills are gonna. Did get they this. miss like the Isaiah McKenzie type player in this game, Nick? Because Isaiah McKenzie used to shred the Patriots. Yeah, um, he he's had a couple good games against the Patriots. Yeah, um, I don't really know. It's it's because they're supposed to have Deontay Hardy. They that's why they got rid of. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, or I, I guess maybe got rid of is is the bet word wrong word because I, I think he was just like a free agent and they were like all right well yeah see ya um, because they signed Deontay Hardy and I, I mean right now Deontay Hardy's he's shaping up like this is going to be a one year deal for him because he signed a three year deal with the Bills but um, he is more or less on it, it you know it's the NFL the way they shape him depending on the way the deal is shaped it's it that that's actually how many years it is it's basically like everything is in the first year and they can kind of get rid of him after uh one year um not suggest things aren't going to be turned around for him maybe they will maybe they won't but uh yeah i mean i mean hopefully the one thing that that other than stuff on digs that maybe we can take out of this one is i mean you know uh dalton kincaid did finally have a decent game a decent enough game not a good game. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go crazy talk right now. But um, you know, uh, maybe something to help start start building some momentum. Hopefully, hopefully, um, it, it would be nice. I mean, he 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 led. He technically led the Bills in. I think seven. I keep mixing it up. I'm 95% sure now. It's 75, not 85 yards. But he led the Bills in receiving. I know that. Um, not Stefan Diggs, but yeah, Stefan Diggs didn't get really as involved. Um, but he had his targets. I noticed maybe there's one I saw online that it looked like maybe a massive gust of wind just like took the ball within like five or six yards away from Stefan Diggs. But um, yeah, uh, you got to still give the Patriots credit because I'm not saying that, you know, it was the wind every time Josh Allen threw the ball's way. We're not silly enough to believe that. And there's also proof in this, the stats that the Patriots have done a great job of shutting down number one. They, they've shut down Tariq Hill this year, uh, who's the NFL's leading receiver. So they're just being really good at doing that this year. And um, yeah, uh, hopefully Dalton Kincaid could be that guy because I'm just, I don't know, can you really even be uh, the, the Bills defenders out there on um, for, uh, for, for Gabe Davis got to be drying up at this point. Um uh, and, and they, they, I think they were drying up inside the facility too. They were, they had in so many different receivers. Uh, the, the, the run basically just went on the receivers. If you recall in the draft, I mean, we saw Edison last night for the Vikings go off and you know make me lose another bet. Um, <laughs> you know, bet on Kirk Cousins. But the only time Kirk Cousins wins on goddamn prime time is when I bet against them. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, those those receivers they had, I think almost all of them in for pre-draft visits, and uh, they all went. I think the Bills ended up picking at what 24, 25, right around there. They went twenty to twenty three, and then ended up with Kincaid. Which you know, I'm not saying that he was a secondary option. I just think that that that's a almost like a good smart pick there, get him in. And then maybe next year, you know, look into secondary receiving options. And I think Gabe Davis is on his last year of his rookie deal. And I, I can't see a world where he, as of right now, he's being, you know, kept around. I mean, he set those records in the playoffs um, against Kansas city, but it was almost like, I felt feels like forever ago now at this point. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the bills identity aside outside of Josh Allen and stuff on takes is really lacking. No, I mean, I don't know how Gabe Davis as number two wide receiver um, is a thing next year. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, I know we can hold on to those huge games he's had. He's had flashes of brilliance. I mean, I like I like the player. It's just like we're not seeing it consistently enough. I don't I don't know how Gabe Davis is your number two receiver in 2024. I think 
the organization is going to realize, Nick, they have to upgrade there. But it's, it's again, it's not just the offense. I know we're ripping the offense. People are ripping Ken Dorsey. It's not just the offense. It's all three phases. Like the defense. Now, I frankly, I feel bad for the Bills on defense. Like four of their best players were out with injuries against the Patriots. You add Ed Oliver to that list. And I guess you could say five because Von Miller was he he was active, but he really wasn't part of the plan. He wasn't out there yeah. much at all. Definitely wasn't out there in even situationally, like the end of the game when the Patriots came down the field and won the game. Von Miller wasn't on the field. The broadcast actually pointed yep. it out. So you have injuries, so you have to you have to put that on the table first. Like you don't have Von Miller out there wrecking the game for you. You don't have Ed Oliver, who's been one of your best defensive players this year. Like that's a tough spot to be in. But still. Sean McDermott's group didn't tackle very well um, against the Patriots, right? Um, they failed against the Patriots like quick passing game, which should annoy you because like what else do they have? They don't have any like big time receivers to really hurt you down the field. Like, oh wow, they they Tyquan Thornton was out there, Nick. Like, whoa, you know, like that's not scaring anyone. So, like, how yeah. do you fall for the quick game like that? I mean, the Pats came in one and five record averaging 12 points a game, like we said. Like, they don't have the skill position players the offensive line or the quarterback to really threaten you down the field. It was going to be the quick game. And it, it was like that threw the bills off or something. That was weird. How many like quick little yeah. passes went for big gains, especially the one at the end, uh, at the end there that set the Patriots up. Right. So not a good yeah. night for Sean McDermott. Um, but when, I guess when your best guys are either ineffective or injured, maybe his hands are tied there. Right, Nick. I mean, how are bills fans feeling about Sean McDermott these days and how the defense is playing? Are they giving him the benefit of the doubt? Like what's the chatter there? I know bills fans are, you know, they get the pitchforks out for Ken Dorsey. What about Sean McDermott and that that unit? Yeah, I think right now it's mainly just aimed at Dorsey because just I don't want to say the nature of the beast, but McDermott is kind of the first guy who's like, oh no, I, I you know I'm not just a um, I'm not just a defensive head coach or defensive minded coach, and it's suggesting that he has no thought on offense or whatnot. Um, I think uh, I think. But because of the nature of the beast in terms of, okay, he is the head coach and defensive coordinator, and everyone knows his passes on defense. And then there's Ken Dorsey. I think they're mainly going after Dorsey because of the hope, which I'm not saying that this is misguided either. I can see where the logistics of this argument make sense, if you will, uh, or the direction of this argument, because, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Bills defense here, you know, they, they, you know, yes, they had some bad tackling terrible tackling to be honest at certain points of this game which is you know brutal um that we've seen especially in that last drive i mean i mean the, yikes but really throughout the game i mean the bills just couldn't tackle anybody which was you know uh, and i'm not suggesting that i'm gonna get out there and tackle any nfl running back at any day of the same week. <laughs> it is not happening um unless they trip right before they get to me that's the only way i'm tackling especially somebody. not ezekiel uh, elliott like no thank you i'm not trying to yeah, tackle yeah him. no i'm good i'm good i'm just gonna go on the ground but um but, uh, you know, Dorsey's the offensive coordinator. McDermott's the head coach slash defensive coordinator. So that's why I think they're going at him. And But there's also still a little bit of the misguided. Um, I mean, this is nothing new in, in Buffalo, at least. Um, being born and raised in Buffalo, and I've covered the entire NFL for years now. But really, you only get intently involved in, you know, certain teams. And, I mean, Bills fans complaining about the offensive coordinator. This is not... The first time that has happened, we'll say it's kind of like the low hanging fruit for Bills fans <laughs> to go way. after the yeah. the offensive coordinator here. Uh, but I, to answer, yeah, I haven't 
surprisingly not not i think mcdermott's got a lot of a lot of um stock in the bank or, or, or whatnot with fans um i think rightfully so, so with you know everything that's happened and dorsey again you know the logistics the nature of the beast you know he's kind of new he's kind of uh young to his job and mcdermott did get a little bit flustered i don't know if it was last week or the week before i think maybe we talked about it where uh last week where you know um he was being asked about um do you moving away from dorsey anyone else but dorsey and you know he was almost taken aback by that but you know um he does have other guys who have called plays on that staff and you know he's not really turning anything over to them so yeah, I think McDermott is good for right now, and Dorsey I also think is good. But until something changes, I mean, the the clamoring is not gonna, you know, it's not gonna stop. Nothing's gonna change there until uh, until that uh, changes right up uh, in terms of the play in the field. It's it's just gonna remain. Yep, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I know the Bills were down key guys in that game. Von Miller was it himself? You, you told me there uh, before we hit record six snaps for Von Miller in the game, so he's nowhere yep. as close to being. 100% obviously he's trying to tough it out but I mean Greg Rousseau AJ Epinesa like Jordan Phillips these some of these guys like where where are they you know we needed someone to make a play in this game this is the Patriots they've been just a yeah. turnover machine fumble sixes pick sixes all over the place they've just been they've been easy to feast on the Bills couldn't feast um, in fact they yep. actually uh, well they gave up 29 points to the obviously the worst offensive football but the Patriots they they had eight passes of thirteen yards or more, um, and two thirty plus passes. And again, they're not going down the field. These are short passes where the Bills weren't making tackles. So you have to point out the defense. That's that's mm-hmm. an issue. We should point out the special teams too. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about Tyler Bassnick, but like Tyler Bass is now missing gimme field goals in perfect weather. Like he's missed field goals the last couple of weeks. Like now we can't mm-hmm. even count on the special teams to to bail the Bills out when other phases aren't you know, maybe get it done that week, right? I mean, there's just no complimentary football right now between the three phases. I think McDermott's talked about that. But like, I don't know, like, was it last year? Was it the last was it last year the Bills played the Patriots and embarrassed them on special teams? The Bills returned two kickoffs for touchdowns, just made the Patriots look like they had never coached special teams in their lives. When it's actually something Belichick like obsesses about and drafts specifically for Nick, right? Special teams. He cares about special teams probably more than any coach of football and the bills embarrassed the Patriots. And now the bills are getting worked on special teams. You know what I mean? They're yeah. missing field goals. They're giving up returns. Like, yeah, I don't that know. That's, that's another Demar Hamlin last year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. The game after yeah, that. Right exactly. After that. Yep. The, the, high, mm-hmm. the Naheem Hines game. So like mm-hmm. now even that, that phase of the game has taken a step back for the bills. Right. So it's like, I know the guys are going to say at post game, Hey, we're going to figure it out. Josh Allen will say, Hey, we're going to watch the film. We're going to figure this out. Uh, we'll be fine. Some people are saying, don't overreact. The bills are fine. I don't think the bills are fine. I think they got major problems. I think they got problems at every phase. It's not like one thing you got to fix. They got injuries on defense. The offense is all screwed up and now they got yeah. issues on special teams. So like we usually talk about the bills as a super bowl contender, Nick, I'm like, are they, a, are they getting down? Are they now knocked down a peg where they're like a fringe playoff team? You know what I mean? Like, this yeah, is what they, we're talking about. They got to figure this out quick. Yeah, I think they're approaching that time. You know, if you're four and four, that means, you know, you're about halfway through the season and you're a 500 team. You know, you keep, there is no dicing that up any other way that if you're a 500 team halfway through the year, you are a fringe playoff team. That's what you are. Um, you can change that and you could tell us how there's, you know, a long season to go. But, um, you know, 
doing it and uh, saying it and doing it are are massively different things, of course. And um, yeah, I did the, the Bills. They, they got to turn it around this week against. Uh, you know, uh, um, I know we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll make some commentary on the Bucks, but technically a quarterback that they've never beaten before in Baker Mayfield. They only played him one time though, so I think Baker. Was, yeah. Yeah, Baker's got a little juice. He's got a little juice, uh, but the Bucks aren't like a great team by any means. But neither were the Giants or the Patriots, and the Bills have struggled with them. And this is like, I don't know, is this what the doctor ordered? A Thursday night football game? The Bills have no time to really sit there and stew over these last few weeks. They get they got to get right back in action. I don't know, but Nick and I will break this one down. Bucks, Bills, Thursday night coming up next. But first, week eight fantasy football advice from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini here with thehuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number eight. Quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Indianapolis Colts. Even though he has just one multiple touchdown game in 2023, he has gone over 300 yards in each of the last two contests. India has allowed the 13th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But that number is depressed from facing Cleveland and Tennessee. Four QBs have posted at least 21 fantasy points versus Indy this year, and Carr has the weaponry to make it five. Running back Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Mostert rocked New England in week two when the Pats heavily focused on keeping Tyreek Hill from owning them. In that first meeting, Mostert rushed 18 times for 121 yards and scored twice. The Pats have surrendered totally neutral ground numbers since that game, and the majority of success against them has come via the passing game. Even after last week's flop, Mostert has still played far too well to be left on your bench. Make sure to lock him into all lineups. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, Buffalo Bills versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After a month of strong play, Davis has turned in consecutive fantasy flops. The Buccaneers present a matchup that profiles well for volume, but not so much for big play types like Davis. That said, it's tough to run on Tampa, tight ends rarely fare well, and this defense will have all it can do to slow Stephon Diggs. We like Davis's odds for getting into the end zone this week, and he's a pretty safe bet for at least 15 fantasy points. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Los Angeles Rams. Ferguson comes off of his bye for a matchup with a top 10 opponent in terms of ease of exploitation, and he deserves a lineup spot in all weekly formats. The Rams have allowed three touchdowns to the position and 13.7 points per game in PPR on the year. But the kicker is that all of those scores have come in the last five weeks. This is the second best yardage matchup since week two's conclusion. Ferguson really could challenge for a top five spot this week in fantasy scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, Nick, the uh, Bills coming home Thursday Night Football, Highmark Stadium, uh, Bills, Bucks, the Buccaneers. Uh, well, they just lost a game to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I got that one wrong, too. I, th- I thought the Bucks were going to win that ball game, but they lost at home 16-13, to last second field goal. Tampa Bay has actually dropped three of their last four. Uh, they are um, three and three. The Bills come in at four and three. What do you think? What's your kind of leadoff thought on this matchup, Bucks bills First, I'm annoyed, even though this is a recording, uh, I'm annoyed that I would have put Cortland Sutton in for DK Metcalf, and that would have been the difference between a win or loss in my fantasy football league. You can leave this in the recording, but man, that stinks to <laughs> have a wedding and forget to set your lineup with yeah. late and active of DK Metcalf. That would have been a win instead of a loss. Anyways, That's tough. Um, yeah, this matchup with the Bucks, it's, uh, it, it, I don't want to say it's make or break, but it, it, you know, the interesting thing with the Bills, too, with the short week thing, it's like, you know, it's almost like they weren't off the field like Gillette stayed and be like, well, short week, here we go. Short week, we can forget about this. We can forget about this. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, well, how the hell long of a week is it going to be if you mess this one up, guys? <laughs> like, like you're not, you're not, you better get back to the grind, grindstone right now um, and, and get ready for the damn bucks. Um, 
which hopefully at the time of talking here, um, you know, right, we have um, some questionable flags around Baker Mayfield and stuff. It's not quite, which, by the way, do the Patriots do 17 questionable players every week? That's a, that's a question for you, because good Lord, Bill Belichick with 33% oh of the roster yeah, no, is, he... is questionable on Friday. I was like, how the hell is this legal? And like if it's remotely, 14 of them played. If it's, it's remotely crazy. if it's remotely close to cheating, Belichick will figure out a way to do it. And there was actually <laughs> like, one, there was one game this year where literally Malik Cunningham was the backup quarterback for the Patriots. Malik Cunningham, folks might have heard of him. He was the kid from Louisville. He broke all of Lamar Jackson's mm-hmm. records, but he went undrafted. And the Patriots picked him up as an undrafted rookie this year and they've been trying to convert him to wide receiver. He's not a quarterback for them. They've been, he's been on the practice squad. I guess he plays Mm -hmm. scout team quarterback, but they're trying to work him into a receiver. Nick, this is a long way of saying that Belichick got stuck into making him a number two quarterback. Actually, he was the backup to Mac Jones because Belichick was trying to skirt the rules with like the inactives and stuff in the injuries, but you have to declare your number two quarterback. And Mm-hmm. He tried to bring up Malik Cunningham, but like skirt the rules on the whole quarterback designation thing. The league called him on it, and he had to designate Malik Cunningham number two quarterback. So this is Bill Belichick. He found a way to cheat, just like he did on the last drive where uh, the Patriots were flagged for illegal man downfield, which is a point of emphasis call for the NFL. If you watch any game, Nick, they're mm-hmm. calling these illegal man downfield penalties on the offensive lineman. And the ref threw the flag, and Belichick yelled at them. They picked it up, and... Oh, by the way, it looked like David Andrews was well down the field. It looked like he was like 10 yards down the freaking field. So why did they pick up that flag? I don't know. But I digress. Belichick was probably trying to cheat. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, you know, the the Bucs, if we're going to look forward and you want to do what the Bills want to do, I mean, it it is a little bit more of a concerning game, right, because – when I did my, you know, 17 storylines of the season, I just make up a storyline in the middle of the summer for every game at that point. And, and you're looking at the Bucks and you're like, you got to win that game, right? Like the Bucks, nobody thought the Bucks were going to be anything uh, this summer. Well, they're not really amazing either right now, but they're better than people thought they were. So, you know, uh, it, this, this has to be, I don't want to say it's a must win game, but if you want to be serious for the, if the Bills want to t- convince people again that they are, legitimate you're not going to be 500 at this point in the season uh, straight straight up if you're a, a, a definitive super bowl contender uh four and four ain't it so you, you gotta you gotta get right at home you gotta get right at home i hear that and I, i'm just i'm terrified to make a pick here nick i'm terrified because i'm looking at it right now i think i've gotten one pick right i don't <laughs> i guess the spread with the bills i have picked one correct it was the washington game that was the only one we got right, or at least me. I know I picked a guy, I picked uh, them to beat the Jets and cover. That was wrong. I then I picked Vegas to cover a balloon spread. It was like nine and a half or something. But no, that didn't happen in week two. We got the Commanders right. I know I picked the Dolphins to cover on the show in week four. The Bills crushed the Dolphins, and then I liked them to blow out Jacksonville. After that, Jacksonville obviously won the game outright, and then the Giants and the Patriots. Like I've only got one pick right with the Bills, and that was the Commanders game. I am terrified to make a pick. I'm, I'm yeah, done feeling foolish on this damn show. Thinking one thing, feeling confident about it, and then seeing another with the Bills. I cannot get a read on them, Nick. Can you? Help me out. What, no, what's going to happen no. in this game against the Bucs? Um, I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, maybe just, you know, 
I might take it, it depending on where the spread is, you know, I might take the bucks with over a touchdown right there. Um, I mean, eight and a half and open it, it, it. I assume it's still somewhere around there. Cause it's still very, very, very early in the week, but it also to take the political way out. If there are some question marks around uh, Baker Mayfield, Chris Godwin, um, Vita Vea, and then the one offensive lineman uh, Filer. Is that how you say it? Matt Filer. Filer. Let's, let's go. Filer. Let's go with it. <laughs> one of those two. Uh, those are all starters. So if those guys don't play, especially Baker, who do they, who do they got behind behind Baker? It's that uh, one rookie, was it, or not rookie? Rookie when Brady was there. It's the Kyle Trask kid. Name? Trask. I was going to say Brady Trask. So I'll go. Yeah, Kyle Trask. Yeah, yeah. Trask much more right. Um, I was like, his name's not Brady behind Brady, right? I didn't it's even Kyle, make that up. It's my Kyle head. Trask, and he blows. Is Mayfield uh, a, maybe not playing? He's injured. He's listed on the injury report. But the thing is, it's hard to get a feel on this right now because on the Thursday game, yeah, everything every week, every day, Mayfield will put a little asterisk. Yeah. We're to walk through practice. Yeah, yeah. What, what May- Mayfield, <laughs> Mayfield will play. He's a he's a wild man. That guy, he doesn't sit out with injuries. He'll play. Yeah, I think he's going to play, too. And I think if he does play, I think I'm going to go and 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 take the take the points right now, because I don't think you can really trust the bills, especially in a short week. Um, and yeah, I think that's why I would go. Um, I, having said that, hopefully they still win. I'm not saying I'm not going <laughs> to wish it against them. You know, yeah. I, 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 even, I'm a little disappointed that they're on the borderline of a 500 team right now, but, um, I might take the points at this point against the bills, you know, take the points. Cause, cause they, I don't think they, 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 they beat, uh, yeah, they beat the uh, Giants, but they did not cover that one because that was a massive spread and it was fourteen to nine final. Right, uh, what yeah. was that? Fifteen and a half points. It was something. They like did that. not it cover was, that. It was fifteen and a half, and I I literally picked them in like my pool and bet on them. Like I I don't just spit stuff into a microphone and then let it go into the ether. I actually like put my own money on these picks. <laughs> And yeah, like, I really you, people crushing. don't realize that they're actually listening to us to, to convince ourselves of lighting money on fire. They don't realize. Well, that if this you is just really do the opposite here. of what I say to do, you're going to be fine. That is what it's yeah. become. Like literally, I'm yeah. one in six picking the bills. I cannot get a read on this team. I know it's not a week to week thing, so I never try to overreact to the week before, which is why I picked them to throttle the Patriots last week. I thought the Giants thing was a one off, but like it's not a one off. Like the, the Bills are having issues. They have they have major issue, issues with defense, injuries, I should say, on defense. And like kind of to your point, like the Bucks, they have veteran guys. I know Godwin and Mike Evans and these guys have been banged up, but they got good veteran players on offense, on defense, like uh, yeah. you know, Levante David and Devin White and Vita Vea, as you mentioned. Like they just got they yeah. got veteran names, guys that were around on that Super Bowl team a couple of years ago. One area too that bothers me a little or worries me a little is the the Bills' offensive line. I mean, Allen, I think he only got sacked once last week by the Patriots, but it was one of those weird games where you look at his sample size and you're like, oh wait, he had only how many how many rushing yards or whatnot, and then he was only sacked one time, and you're like, really? Like it seemed like he was running a lot more than that, and and that's just how it's been lately for him that he's been on the run a lot, and when that's happening, is it's not going as well for the Bills. Um, of course, I actually was just mumbling, stumbling, rumbling there to pull up how many rushing yards he had. He had 17 rushing yards, only 17 on seven carries. So we're used to seeing Allen do way more than that because it seems like he's you know trying to avoid something maybe with his shoulder. But anyways, uh, it, it's it seems like and I, I I've seen that the fourth most blitzing team in the league so far is is the the I almost say Giants, the Bucks, um, wrong NFC team, but the Bucks uh, they like to blitz and the Bills have been bad against the blitz so. 
I don't know. I'm thinking about taking the points. I think I, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm convincing myself right now to take the points. <laughs> that seems logical to me. And and that's why I think I'm just going to go against logic and just take the bills <laughs> to win by, to win big because uh, that just doesn't make any sense. But you know, you think about it, the bills have been bad um, in the middle of the defense. Again, like the guys in the middle, like Jordan Phillips, Tim settle, Puna Ford, whoever's in there. Uh, I, they just haven't really been getting the job done. Uh, but the yeah, Bucks no. aren't a team that can run the football. They're, they, I think the Bucks yeah. are one of the worst teams running the football in the league. So they're yeah. going to put they're going to put the game on the on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield, and I think that's when the Bills can, you know, can we can we queue up Greg Rousseau? Can we crew up, queue up AJ Epinesa to get some pressure? Get Von Miller like get right? You know what I mean? Like if you can mm-hmm. get to the you can stop the run, make Baker Mayfield pass. Like I like your chances there. So and. The Bills cannot be this bad. They can't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if they really struggle against the Bucks at home here, and it's a continuation of what we saw against the Giants and the Patriots, then, uh, I mean, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if that happens. I, I'm i going to just throw my hands in the air, Nick, and say logic tells me to take the, the, the Bucks and the points. That's completely logical. I can't argue with anything you just said, but I think <laughs> that's why the Bills will win this one by multiple touchdowns. So... That'll be my. That's where I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, that's the way I'm going to go. I'm going to put it, pick it in my pool right now. But boy, I do not feel confident because again, one in six picking the Bills, folks. So you should probably just take the points because I'm going to go and back the Bills. I yeah, I am. Uh, I'm excited for next week. Now we just picked opposite picks. And Finally, we both are bad at this, and somehow, some way, one of us is going to be right now. We are so bad. <laughs> so. I, I, if folks that listen to this part of the show are just here for comedic relief. They're not here for anything yeah. else, uh, really. Uh, but yeah, it's like, how do you know what to expect from the Bills? That's kind of the point of this, right? I, I just don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your point, like coming out of this one in, into like what what is a mini bye week? If you can win this game, it's such an advantage. If you can win this Thursday night, right? It's it's an advantage. You have the mini bye week, and you'd be coming out of it what five and three. Um, that's a hell of a lot better than four and four. So. Uh, it's a big one for the Bills. They got to get right here. Uh, it's a spot where they they should and could again. They're favored by what seven and a half, eight and a half points. Like this is a get right spot. They haven't been they haven't been very successful in these spots this year, at least lately. Uh, can they get it done? I think they can, um, but there's no rhyme or reason as to why, Nick. So there you go. How's that for some commentary? Yeah, exactly. There's no, we have absolutely no proof of anything we just said, but you know what? <laughs> Screw it. We're doing it. <laughs> there it is. Is there anything leading up to this early kickoff in the week uh, or maybe after the kickoff? I know the trade deadline's coming up. Anything you guys are working on on Bill's Wire that folks should be looking out for? Yeah, we're um, we're doing a lot of focusing on Thursday's game right now, but then as you just teased right there, um, then we're going to be full trade deadline mode. And to be honest, maybe this is this a little bit of a I don't want to say a uh, blessing in disguise or, or whatnot, because they, they do it Tuesday. So then teams have, uh, you know, an extra day or day or so after their Sunday games, most te- teams will play on Sunday. Uh, they'll still have Monday night football this week. Um, but of course they have that terrible Sunday game. I know you just talked to Alyssa. Who do they play on Sunday night again? Oh yeah. It's uh who is it? It's bears and chargers. Yeah. I was going to say in chargers, like what a mismatch that's going to be. Um, but, uh, and the bears have that D two kid coming in. So, I mean, I'm going to be there for that. I'm going to be watching that one. But speaking of, (laughs) speaking of bad takes, um, I did a rant about how the bears screwed up backup quarterback. How can they, how can they justify bringing in this undrafted kid who played for division two football and justify him being the backup quarterback to Justin Fields when they could have had a veteran 
who could like be there and be in Justin Fields' ear, watching film with him, helping him develop. Why would you go and sign this Tyson Beijing kid? What are you doing? And of course, mm-hmm. the kid goes out there and throttles the Vegas Raiders. It makes me look stupid. So yeah, yeah. for the course. That's, that's you know, um, that's what we do best in a Bills Wire 100%. podcast. So I appreciate you doing that on the Bears Wire podcast as well. <laughs> I am nothing but consistent right there, Nick. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. But the trade deadline, obviously, coming up after this ball yeah, game. Yeah, that's be... coming up. Going to be uh, all over that for sure. For sure, Ryan. We're going to be all over that. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, uh, maybe for the Bills, it's a little bit of a silver lining or a little bit of, uh, you know, they get some rest and then a couple extra days to deal with the trade deadline. Um, Thursday and next Tuesday on Halloween is going to be the trade deadline. And also, I get a couple extra uh, days to deal with the trade deadline. Nice. So, <laughs> shout out NFL, you know, schedule makers. They were thinking of Bills Wire, I'd like to thank. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's so. it's a huge advantage if you can win this game, and, and and that's a great point. Like, it is an advantage. You win this game, you now you have the mini bye week. You have more time to think about the trade deadline. Do you want to make a move? Do you want to sell off a piece? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, do you have any thoughts on what the Bills might do, Nick? Like, any preview type things? Like, before we sign off here, like, I don't know. Are the Bills going to try to buy at the deadline here? Try to fix things? I think for me, you know, five and three and four and four just feels way different. But, you know, you got to think that maybe Brandon Bean is uh, going to keep a little bit more of a level head than someone like, you know, me or Bill's Mafia would do. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I mean, five and three heading the trade deadline at five and three and four and four just feels so different, doesn't it? Yes, just it looking does. at it, you're just like you're just like, yeah, like a. Four and four, I'm almost like, all right, uh, maybe we'll just leave it and see what happens. At five and three, I'm like, well, you know, they did just restructure Deion Delkin's contract. They only got about four million in space, but, you know, uh, maybe they can make something happen there. And um, I don't know, but I think a lot of that is riding on uh, Thursday for me. So at least my commentary is so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, will Brandon Bean open up the pocketbook? Will the uh, Bills open up the pocketbook? They've been a little tight. They've been pinching it this year. Pinching pennies a little bit, Nick. Trying to get "quote unquote" cap compliant or whatever bullcrap they're they're spinning for us. So we'll see. Do they want to make a move at the deadline to help this team that's kind of struggling to find an identity, as you said, floundering a little bit against bad competition, playing down to the level of their competition? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you can you do something at the deadline? We'll see. After a Thursday night game, you get some extra time to work the phones. So um, all that is well and good. Bills wires got you covered. Up until kickoff, and then obviously after kickoff, leading up to the trade deadline. Check that out. Nick and his crew do a great work. Uh, and then Nick and I, of course, will be back next week to talk about the deadline, to talk Bills Bucks, and then of course look ahead to the next one, which would be the Bengals. And that's part of the problem here, Nick, when you're struggling against these bad opponents, is you got the good ones coming up, like Cincinnati mm-hmm. and the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Cowboys. And we could talk about that maybe a little bit more next week, but. Yeah, the Bills, they, it would behoove them to get it right here against the Buccaneers. They need it. They need yes. it bad. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. So for Nick Wood, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate you. And uh, subscribe. Tell a friend if you could. Leave us a review. Um, we love and appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.